Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I have with me today Sir Michael. Hello. And myself. Timothy. Hello. We're Book Club for Games. But not today. Today, we're going to talk about... The games we're looking forward to in 2024. New hardware in 2024. And New Year's resolutions. So Mike, so Mike, what are you looking forward to this year? Okay, so we have split up this list into things that are already out, things that we genuinely want to play, things that we have an academic interest in, and actually that's it, there's no other category. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking like, what's the last one? Oh, that's it. We should have had a things you want to dump on category, but I think it's it's already wow. too long. We've already got too many games in this list, so also that would just be rude. We should be constructive. Yes. So shall I start? Yeah, please. Okay, so stuff that's already out. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Actually, you know what? I'm not sure I'm gonna play this. I'm kind of interested in playing it. I I do love 2D Metroidvanias. And I'm kind of surprised that they made a 2D Prince of Persia Metroidvania. People are saying it's kind of like a bit like Metroid Dread. I mean, I liked Dread. I also liked Shadow Complex. That was like another 2D, pseudo 3D Metroidvania. I should really just play Hollow Knight at this point, you know. But anyway, I was kind of surprised. I didn't know this was coming. Looked quite nice. The original Prince of Persia was 3D, right? No, 2D. 2D. The original Prince of Persia is like a 2D rotoscoped game on like 80s era PCs, well, era computers. So you could argue it's going all the way back to the roots, but this is like a fast-paced parrying and that kind of business combat, I think. And then the other one that's already out, Pal World. So from our perspective, this came out yesterday. This is the Pokemon with guns game. Like, I can't believe it's actually out. So not only is it out, in the first eight hours, it sold a million copies on Steam. Who knew that everyone wanted Pokemon with guns? So this is, you say with guns, you're shooting the Pokemon. No, your Pokemon have guns and shoot each other. <laughs> oh, okay. But like, you know, there's the the trailer or the the Steam like banner image is kind of looks like a giant yellow Totoro with like a chain gun, you know, and he's just like, he's like, there's like so much lead going down range. And then I watched, I watched the trailer and there was like 
some kind of like flowing blue dog dragon Pokemon, like a bit like a Sukuni or something. And it just launches this enormous barrage of missiles that are like beautifully snaking through the air with like contrails. And it's like, wow, this looks really cool. <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't actually planning to play it, but I woke up this morning, I looked at my phone and yeah, I had messages from the people I usually play BRs with and they were like, pal world question mark and i i was saying like oh it's on game pass actually and they were like oh neither we both cancelled our game pass and it's also not compatible with the steam version i was like okay i guess i'm buying pal world then so i've just bought it and downloaded it i haven't actually played it yet but i'm gonna play it after we finish this recording how how much is it is this a it's about 20 us dollars at least the hong kong price is equivalent to about 20 us dollars I don't know how much it costs in... I, I think it's maybe about $30 in the US. Okay. Yeah, it, it's in early access, so it's not like done, done yet. But apparently it's good. Open world. Yeah, open world Pokemon-esque. I, I think I've heard that it's actually more like Ark Survival Evolved. Or oh, Pokemon, okay. not dinosaurs. And just like the guns look amazing. <laughs> I don't know what their rationale is for why, you know, like Pikachu has a minigun now. Like, I don't, I don't know. I wonder if they explain it or they're just like, yeah, that's just what pals are like, dummy. Yeah. It's like, why would he have a minigun? Why wouldn't he have a minigun? It was Sephiroth. It can't be. He wants to finish what he started and rule over the planet. You coming? Way ahead of you. We have to help them. Let's get to work. You are truly a model soldier. People! We can handle this. I will reclaim our world. So, games we genuinely want to play. Okay, yeah. Next category. You go. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Wait, do you want to play this? Well, I was just going through the list. No, I don't. Well, not as much as you. But yes, I do want to play this. Well, do I? The thing is, I don't have any nostalgia for the for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I thought you were going to pick one of your picks, not mine. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Sorry. I don't know I've gone with yours. Yeah. Well, okay. We can just erase that from history if you want, unless you want to carry on with that. No. So I think... I don't know what the confidence level is for this one coming out, but Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, this one is completely... All we've got for this one is like a logo thing. How? What makes you think this is coming in 2024? We've got a new console coming. Yeah, this is the next section. <laughs> yeah, There's, there seems to be a reasonable chance it would be a launch title for well, a, I think a Switch be, sequel. I think it's going to be a bridging cross, title. Yeah, bridging title. Metroid Prime is such a niche game. I don't think it, it gets the same sales as any other game. You know, any of the other main franchises like Zelda, Mario, Mario Kart. It needs the support of a, like a, a large user base. Yeah, I heard 
that the Metroid series is not popular in Japan, or, or at least relatively. But in the West, it's pretty popular, right? And Prime is quite popular, I think. Like the Prime remake did surprisingly well, and oh, did it? That's a good. That there was a rumor, I think, that the Prime remake was going to be followed relatively quickly by remasters of Prime 2 and Prime 3. So not full remakes, just like, you know, tarting up a little bit, but still the same graphics. And then that didn't materialize. So now the rumor is that actually they saw the success of the Prime remake and now they're doing a Prime 2 remake, like a like a full-on remake. So, Well, then that delays Prime 4 even further. Well, not necessarily. But yeah, you're right. Maybe they wouldn't release them so close together. But wait, what have you played? You've played Prime 1 and you finished it on the GameCube? Yeah. And have you played Prime 2 or 3? No, I haven't. Okay. Well, would you be interested in playing the Prime remake? No. <laughs> but isn't this, this is a discussion we've had before. Like, original versus remake. Should you play the remake? I mean, you don't have to. It depends if you want to like, have some nostalgia. I mean, the Prime remake is basically literally Prime with better graphics, like much better graphics, but it's still fundamentally Metroid Prime. Doesn't sound like something worth playing. I mean, it, it might be if you want to just nostalgically play it again, because I, I haven't finished Prime. I, okay. I've i played like 70% of Prime, but I never finished it, so... Okay, that's why I was curious. Well, now we we know your choice. You can introduce anyway. Yeah, so like first on my list of games I genuinely want to play is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I, I'm kind of surprised by how much I want to play this, but I watched the trailer, and then yeah, just something in my brain just went yes, you want to play this? And I was like, yeah, you're right. I do want to play this. Like, I I want to know what they're going to do with the story because this has gone full on, like, rebuild of Evangelion, right? Like, they, they they are definitely changing the story. They, they changed it a little bit and they're just, it's going to continue to change. Like, I, I would bet money on it that Aerith will survive, this time round. So I, I want to see where this is going. And also, for me, Final Fantasy VII was the first Final Fantasy game I played. Because it's the first one that got released in the UK. And so, yes, I nostalgically remember playing Final Fantasy VII. And the graphics were super jank. You know, at the time I thought they were amazing, but like they're super jank. And yeah, to to play that story again with the beautiful visuals, I yeah, I really want to play it. I I don't want to play it enough to buy a PS5 though. Just just to be clear, so I'm not sure when I'm going to play it, but I would like to play it at some point. I think I think it's definitely a PS5 exclusive until like the end of May, and then after that it's it may come out on other platforms. So if it comes out on PC, I'm interested. Very interested. 
What do we call this now? This is beyond a remake. Yeah, so I mentioned like rebuild of Evangelion. Like I, I actually heard like Super Eyepatch Wolf, which is this other YouTube channel, use just use the term rebuild for this. But then I think you sent me some other website and they call it a reimagining. But in any way, there's a new re. So we've got remasters, we've got remakes, which is like the next level. And now we've got like, yeah, rebuilds or reimaginings where it's beyond a remake. Like they just completely change the story as well. Like I actually think maybe that's the difference between a reimagining and a rebuild, honestly. Because you've got like a remaster where it's literally the original thing and they just do some minor cosmetic stuff. Right. Then you've got a remake where they keep it fundamentally the same, but they completely redo the game from the ground up. That's like the Metroid Prime one. You've got a reimagining where it's the same game, but they completely rebuild it and they severely change the mechanics too, which is like the Resident Evil 2, 3, 4 ones we've had recently right the 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 mechanics are totally different too and then the furthest i think is a rebuild where it could be any of the previous like things from a implementation perspective but also the story is going to go completely off piste you know it's like it's like a do-over it's like an alternate universe and the thing that that makes me think rebuild of evangelion in particular for this one is because there seems to be a character that remembers the original iteration, you know. So in the rebuild of Evangelion, Kaworu Nagisa is like spread across time. Like he knows, he know, he remembers like the original Evangelion anime kind of thing, weirdly, right? And in this, Sephiroth and maybe also Aerith seem to remember the original Final Fantasy VII. Anyway, I want to play it. Shall we move on? Yeah, yeah. What's your next pick? Well, I we hinted that there'll be a new Switch. There'll be new Switch hardware. So obviously to launch with that will be the next 3D Mario title. <laughs> I love the fact that <laughs> the games that you genuinely want to play don't actually exist. You're, you're, yours are like purely aspirational. Like, this is the game I really want to play. I, I don't know if it exists. But if it did, I'd really want to play it. I think they could. I think one of these could exist. No, well, Prime Four definitely exists no, in we'll some form. Will be released this year. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, what do you want in this hypothetical 3D Mario? You don't care, you, or do you have like a list of things you want? Like, do you want it to be Odyssey Two, a collectathon Mario? Do you want it to be a you know like what kind of Mario do you want this to be? Oh well, I think Nintendo surprised me every time they release a 3D Mario. So I'm actually open to. What do they? Whatever they want to do. I'm, I'm trying to think of a stupid BS mechanic because I thought Odyssey would be stupid, like that whole collectathon approach, the, the but, capture mechanic, and the. Well, because there's just so many moons. There's hundreds of them. It's like I turn a corner, there's a moon. Yeah, <laughs> there was no sense to it, and the game restarted at the end of the game. That... That's normal, though. I think. I, games now. I found that kind of funny, but I also kind of liked it. I, I, I also would like a 3D Mario game. I would like 
an open world 3D Mario where we can have fast travel mechanics, but right. the, right game is, the game is connected, which is to say, I think a game like Odyssey would be great without the Odyssey, you know, without the hat spaceship. Just have the world be connected. You can have something like the Odyssey that shows up later to warp you around, but like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be there from the start. I want, I want to explore and find a painting and it leads to a new world and a new hub and whatever. Like you, but you want a hub world. No, I, I want like multiple hubs. I want an interconnected open world. You, okay. But I, you I want don't the mean equivalent the of the castle in Mario 64, you know? Okay. It doesn't have to literally be a castle. It doesn't even have to be one hub. I want just an open world that I explore without having to get in a spaceship. That's quite cool. Yeah. Because then you can discover new portals. No, exactly. unexpected portals. Exactly. That That's like, I feel like the Mario games, 2D and 3D, are, you know, they are still really good. They're really top notch. But, but the map, the way you get between the levels peaked in super mario world for 2d and mario 64 for 3d like, i mean again sorry i'm just being an old man but i really think I, I want something more like that again nintendo i think don't like to do that because for beginners it's confusing maybe or they worry it's confusing but like i played these games when i was 10 you know and it was great. Have more faith in have more faith in kids. They're not that stupid. It's the older gamers they're worried about. It's the older, it's like, all right, Grandpa, should I change your diaper? Oh, I need to I need to go in the spaceship. Sorry, I don't, I don't know where that came from. So you you don't want anything specific for this? No. Okay. Maybe I don't well, want, I don't want Galaxy Three. Maybe you, you do Where's or you my- don't. I don't want Galaxy you 3. You don't want Galaxy 3. Interesting. I'm still waiting for Galaxy 2 remake or remaster. Uh, Ga- Galaxy genuinely was really good. I remember when we played Super Mario 3D All-Stars and I thought I would play a lot more of 64 and Sunshine, but all I actually did was play Galaxy because Galaxy was Galaxy's really good. I'd forgotten how good Galaxy was. Notwithstanding the world map bit. Okay. Is it is it me again? Yes, it is. Dragon's Dogma 2. I, I really want to play this because I remember, it's probably like 10 years ago now, I saw, some, you know, I was watching some streamers, YouTubers, whatever, playing Dark Souls. And then some of them started playing Dragon's Dogma as well. And Dragon's Dogma just looked really good. And I bought it and I installed it and then I never played it. And it's, it's literally been there installed on my computer and like moving from like hard drive to hard drive and whatever, you know, for the past 10 years. And I've, I've literally never actually started it up. And then now we're getting a sequel. So I would like to play Dragon's Dogma 2. And Dragon's Dogma 2 is apparently set in an alternate universe and people people are saying like dragon's dogma was so good but it was also kind of kind of ropey like a whole bunch of the systems didn't quite gel and they are hoping that dragon's dogma 2 
is basically going to be Dragon's Dogma, but all of the vision will be realized. Like it's it's going to work, you know, in the same way that Demon Souls was like, you know, you could see there was something there, but it was a little bit like, you know, it didn't quite cohere. And then Dark Souls, like everyone loves Dark Souls, you know. So hopefully Dragon's Dogma 2 will be like that moment for Dragon's Dogma. How was the story for Dragon's Dogma? I, I have no idea. I, I have literally no idea. I just remember seeing somewhat like they I think they were playing the DLC for Dragon's Dogma actually like this this memory is from and like they were playing like a thief assassin kind of character and there was like a giant troll demon monster thing and they like they climbed up its leg and they were like like shanking it in the back of like the leg and then they climbed up onto its neck and they were stabbing it a lot you know like so you could climb up you could climb all over the monsters like shadow of the colossus but it was like really fast paced and stuff and then that's just one of the classes you know you could also be like a mage apparently like the spells are amazing like huge um, incredible you know vfx of like fireballs and explosions and ice storms and stuff like apparently it's really good so i mean this is a 10 year old game now though so probably it's less impressive but the new one is going to look amazing right like these are apparently apparently things and then the, the other big thing about dragon's dogma is the pawn system? I'm trying to read your expression. So, what system? <laughs> you you can make uh you can make a character and you can customize them to look however you like, like to suit your preferences. And then you can take them and go on adventures with them, and they'll back you up. So it's P A W N, and you can also summon other people's pawns. But it'd be funnier if it was the other pawn. <laughs> But yeah, okay. you you can customize your pawn in the same way that you customize your main character. So you get to you get to build one character yourself and one pawn, and then you can also summon other people's pawns from the rift to build your party. And supposedly the pawns gain experience when they're summoned into other people's worlds. So if you do a quest, but while you are away, your pawn got summoned into someone else's world and did that quest. When when you play, your pawn will know and it will be able to tell you stuff that happened when it did the quest with someone else, apparently. I don't know. I've got to admit, the pawn system is actually one of the things that turned me off Dragon's Dogma because like, I don't really like NPC companions. I'm like a lone wolf kind of guy, right? So, I... I wasn't very keen on this, but people seem very excited by it. So I should give it a go. You can't turn it off. I, I don't think you can turn it off. Or I, maybe you can just not have a pawn and not summon a pawn, but you're like, you're really gimping yourself. You know, it's like the game is balanced around you having a party, but the party is all AI controlled. Like, I, I don't know if you can, I don't know if there's multiplayer. I don't know if you can have a pawn who's controlled by, you know, another human or if you can have multiple main characters and no pawns. Like, I, I don't know. Because I've actually never played Dragon's Dogma, as we've established. I just, I want to play it this time around. So. Okay. And, and that concludes our genuinely want to play section. So, yeah, if it, if it gets to the end of the year and I haven't played these games that I've claimed that I genuinely want to play, you can give me a slap. I've unfortunately just picked two massive RPGs. So this is a terrible idea. I don't know what I was thinking. You didn't have to finish them. 
let's try don't have to finish them i've got two games that don't exist so or may not come out this year so i'm fine but that's perfect yeah that's that's your mo (laughs) goal achieved set achievable goals So what are we like interested in playing? You go. Um actually I only have one here and it's Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024. What why? <laughs> I played the original one. Or the original, not the original original. The re- the recent sim- flight the recent flight simulator, the 2020 something flight simulator. And it was fun. It was fun. And it was very impressive, but there was no point to it. I did, I I mean, I, I flew over London. I flew over my neighbourhood. I flew over my village. But there was no point to it. I think with the 2024 iteration, they're going to have challenges. So there'll be things like aerial firefighting, cargo transport, agricultural aviation. And I think, I don't know, maybe they'll put me in context, which I don't care about. Like I'll be in the middle of nowhere uh, delivering cargo, but maybe that's a bit pointless as well. Can you can you put a fire out on your house? That could be good. Yeah. So, any more purpose? So previously, I was just I would just fly from like my flat. I don't know why I have to fly over places I I live. <laughs> just think, it's think it's like fun. It. I can see my house from here. Yeah. So I'll fly from my flat to the the Millennium Dome. But why makes no sense. But yes, that's what I did. So do you think you'll actually play this or you're just? The idea of it sounds good. I may not play it. Do you have Game Pass? No, I don't have Game Pass. Okay, just curious. I did have Game Pass to play. I did have Game Pass when I played Flight Simulator. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you can do the same thing again. Just get it for a month, play it, and then put it down. Okay. I mean, for me, I have quite a list <laughs> sorry <laughs> go for it there's the elden ring dlc uh, will i really play this i don't know i don't know because i actually haven't fully played any of the other dlcs for the previous FromSoft games that's why i'm at first i was just like put this in one to play and then i was like actually no not really you know i mean i might play it i might not honestly usually with the FromSoft DLC, do they require another like level of ability? I think so. Yeah, they tend to be harder. Oh dear! Oh dear! Because it's like end game content. It's just like more end game content. But I mean, you know, this is different. It's going to be an open world one. So, is this even announced officially? I don't even know. It's like a bit all over the place. There's a name for it, isn't it? 
Is it Shadow of the Earth Tree now? Because I think there was like that leak that said like barbarians are the badlands, but it turned out that was fake. I think it's Shadow of the Earth Tree. Yeah, I think it's Shadow of the Earth Tree. So I'm, I mean, maybe, you know, basically when I see it, I'll be like, oh yeah, I want to play it. Or like, yeah, I've played enough Elden Ring. Then there's Rise of the Golden Idol. I quite like the Golden Idol games. I, I played both, both, all, I think, I think there might be three, although the fact I can't remember doesn't reflect on me very well. DLCs for Curse of the Golden Idol. Maybe there's, maybe there's two is the base game in two DLCs. Whatever. I played all the DLCs that are available for Curse of the Golden Idol. I did it last year at some point. So they were good. I would like more Golden Idol. And this is coming out on Netflix. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that, actually. But yeah, you're right. Netflix is publishing it. Which I guess means you can probably play it for free on your phone? Yeah, I think so. What does that mean for the PC, though? That's interesting. I think it's on Steam as well. You can just, you can just get it on Steam. So Okay. I, I wonder if the Netflix bit is just for the phone. Yeah. One assumes. I, I hope that they'll, they'll put Curse of the Golden Idol on Netflix. H- have you played it? No I, no, I haven't. Okay. I mean, Curse of the Golden Idol is like just the deduction part of Obra Dinn. Like what I actually really would like is more Obra Dinn. So I'm kind of hoping that with Rise of the Golden Idol that they go further but then again if it's going to be on the phone on on the Netflix publishing thing maybe they won't you know it, maybe it will just be again little like dioramas I mean it's set in like inverted commas present day right it's not set in like whatever time period Golden Idol was I'm trying to think like 17 1800s kind of thing so it, it's set in like the 19 the, the late 1900s or two, early 2000s it looks like so uh it will be different regardless but i would i would absolutely love it if you could like walk around a 3d space and explore it oh i see so you can't you can't navigate around the space the the golden idol is like your your well actually i mean it's it's this is the thing with oberdin as well in oberdin you walk around a 3d space and then you can use your magic like compass of death to like see the moment of death and and walk around it and look at it. Whereas like in the Golden Idol games, you just see like a 2D image of like the moment of death, like the moment the thing happens or like shortly before or after. Well, never before, shortly after. And you then have to piece together what happened in the scene by like deducing, you know, from other clues. And, and sometimes there's like multiple linked like dioramas but you, you can't just like walk around and see it from a different angle or something. It's just like, it's just showing you and it's got like some short like animation, like showing someone on fire or like someone cut in half or something, you know. But, but it's good. You know, it's scratching that deductive itch. There's Visions of Mana. This is another nostalgic one. I'm not sure I actually really want to play it, to be honest. Because before... Final Fantasy, you know, basically none of the Final Fantasy games made it to the UK officially, right, until 7. But there was Secret of Mana, an action RPG on the SNES. And 
I saw it was made by the same company as Final Fantasy and I bought it. And I, I played a lot of that game. Like I played a lot of Secret of Mana. And yeah, it's like a, you know, a formative game in my head. I, I played Trials of Mana recently on the Switch as part of that collection of Mana. And like, I just didn't enjoy it very much. I just didn't think it was very good, which I guess shows I've moved on. And so, yeah, Visions of Mana, it's another Mana game. It's a 3D action RPG. But like, nostalgically, in my head, I'm like, I like the Mana series. But actually, I only like Secret of Mana, I think. <laughs> so I probably shouldn't bother, honestly. But I'm interested in playing it, sort of. We'll see how it, we'll see how it looks when we, when we know more. And it's got a cute dog. You can ride a cute dog thing called like a pickle, which now I'm saying out loud sounds ridiculous. But yeah, let's see what the reviews are like. Two that I'm going to put together. There's Baby Steps, which looks like a pastiche of Death Stranding. And then there's Death (laughs) Stranding 2. So Baby Steps... I guess is kind of is it Bennett Foddy? It's like ridiculous. Yep. It's it's kind of like getting over it crossed with Death Stranding. Except that it's not like just commentary. It is like it's basically just like absolutely laying into this guy who lives in his parents' basement, right? And just like telling him he's he's a loser, but in a funny way. It's like, why'd you kick it over? Oh, I, I just nudged it. I tried to catch it with my foot. It looks like you kicked it over. <laughs> you <laughs> shithead. You know, like, what? <laughs> I, ima- I imagine it'll be quite short and quite funny. So it's on the list. And then Death Stranding 2, I'm sure it's going to be extremely long and tortuous plot-wise. But I kind of like that. This is not confirmed for 24. This was just rumoured to come out in 24. So this one may not be out this year, actually. What will be the next step for the story? Well, in in the trailer, BB appears to be an octopus. That's why I was just like, what is going on? Because like, I, yeah, I thought, I thought they'd wrapped up the story. I thought it was done. But it's clearly not. I mean, the the world of Death Stranding was really messed up because you were supposed to incinerate BB, right? Because he's like a piece of broken equipment. And then, and then you just turn him back into an actual baby. But then now he seems to be an octopus. So maybe that's why you're meant to incinerate him. Maybe <laughs> yeah, he's something like wrong some, happened. Maybe he's Cthulhu, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. There is Rift of the Necrodancer. It's a rhythm game. It looks like a ensemble rhythm game. So it's got bits that look a bit like Rhythm Heaven. It's got bits that look a bit like DDR. But they're using the Necrodancer mechanics, which I thought was really clever. So like in, you know, in, in like a DDR type game, usually, you know, like you see the notes coming towards you or a DDR game or a, yeah, a rock band game or Guitar Hero game, whatever, right? You see the notes coming towards you, you hit the button at that time, right? But it looked like on this, there's like different tiers of enemy in Necrodancer. And so if you hit like the higher tier enemy, it looks like the note like bounces back up and just like goes down a tier. So like you can have more complex note patterns because like there'll be like a yellow enemy and you hit it and it becomes like a green enemy and you hit it and it becomes a blue enemy or whatever, right? So you have to like learn to read the notes in a better way. I thought it looked, I looked clever 
plus just like it's a looks like a cool rhythm game and i like rhythm games silk song i haven't even played hollow knight but everyone is so hyped for this it's kind of like spilling over onto me as well but to be honest i should probably play hollow knight first and then finally animal well again this is like secondhand excitement it just looks kind of weird if you ask me but a guy I follow who plays Noita and is really into the secrets in Noita is really hyped for Animal Well. So I am secondhand curious too. What is Animal Well? Animal Well is like a 2D Metroidvania with a very distinct art style. And it seems to be absolutely packed full of secrets. Like its thing is that it's all secrets, secrets upon secrets upon secrets upon secrets. So, I love secrets. I'm, I'm curious. I, I, it doesn't actually look very combat heavy. It looks like a very exploration and uncovering secrets based Metroidvania. Maybe it's like a puzzle Metroidvania, which would be interesting. I don't think I've. I don't, do they really exist? Did I just imagine another genre? Oh, maybe this is that genre. But if not, someone should make one of those. You could. I, I could, yeah. Well, as a friend. <laughs> pointed out to me i took two years off to make computer games and spent them all doing research instead of actually making the computer game but you know yeah i could do it again the research bit or (laughs) the research bit yeah yeah i i I actually wonder if i'll just end up watching someone else play this to be honest but yeah i'm interested After all these years, we never talked about it. Why I brought you back. Why you were chosen. Okay, sorry. This is this is going long, but we're we're up to the final set. Academic interest. What are you academically interested in, Ting? Destiny Two: The Final Shape. <laughs> is it the final expansion, or is this like Final Fantasy? I don't we're know. Have if like it's... sixteen more. I don't know if it's going to be the final expansion. It seems a bit early. I thought they're going to do ten years. Well, we're already up to seven? Yeah. What is the final shape? I, I, I couldn't tell you. Is it some kind of square? You can't imagine it. it. Are there new classes? Are there new subclasses? Are there, what is it? New raid dungeons? Well, Just I feel like it's the, it's the last... The last hope... For Destiny 2, that's all I know. I just remember in the early years of this podcast, we were so into Destiny, or you were so into Destiny, I professed to hate it, but played hundreds of hours of it. 
more than me. Yeah, exactly. I paid like five times as much as you, even though I said that it was shit. And you, you loved it, but you hardly played it, basically. You, but you were foolish enough to play it solo. Yeah, I was, I was soloing the Nightfall. I was soloing raids. I don't know why. Me- mental problems brought on by work stress. The, the thing that I always thought about Destiny was that they... Destiny 1, at least, the story was just incredibly stupid. Like, they really squandered the story and it made no sense. Like, it was, it was basically... It, it looks like a sci-fi plot, but actually it's basically magic with guns. And the plot made zero sense, probably because they just threw it away right at the end of development. Like, they had this whole plot and it just didn't work out and they ripped it up and threw it away. And then I have no idea what's going on with Destiny 2 because I didn't really play it. But they did something a few expansions ago where they gave everyone darkness powers, right? Which I thought was really cool. So I'm I'm kind of curious where the plot has gone now, right? Because back when we played it, there was Solar, Arc, and Void, which are like the powers of the light. And then I they added like stasis, and what like all the classes seem to get like three darkness subclasses, right? So I I just wondered where that had gone mechanically and lore wise. We're not playing this though, are we? No, we're not playing. I mean, this. it's free to play. We could, we totally could play Destiny Two if you wanted to. But I'm sure a lot of it's. I tried to play it solo, and the progress is just so painful if you're playing it solo. I mean, we could play it together, but we'd have to find some overlap time. We do. We we do have overlap time. <laughs> Like one hour or all the time we used to record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think everyone's putting their hopes in this this expansion, but I don't think that the content for an expansion pack has always been so slim, I feel, when it comes to Destiny 2 expansion. Um, yeah. When it comes to Destiny 2 DLC. Like it would just be one raid. Let's see. It's just interesting because the background is... They lost a lot of revenue last year and they had to cut people. They lost a lot of revenue because people finally realised it's a Skinner box. They, they just realised that it's just like stringing you along and there's no, there's no end to it. There's no purpose. I mean, so you can say you that about everything, to be honest. Yeah. But can, oh, You can do a couple. Okay. I mean, as usual, I've got quite a list. So I'll, I'll do a couple that are thematically connected. There's EDF-6, which is Earth Defense Force 6, and Outpost Infinity Siege, which is something where I... I'm sorry, Ting. I just saw a trailer for it on YouTube last night at like one in the morning. I added it to the list because I was just like, oh, I like the look of this. I like the cut of its jib. They, they both seem to just be like overwhelming horde shooters of some sort. EDF is just like, have you ever played the EDF games or seen them? I've seen them, yes. Yeah, they're just like really terrible looking graphics and just really enormous numbers of enemies and just explosions. They're just, I don't know. I I played, I played, I played one on the Xbox 360, so that's a long time ago, but I quite enjoyed it and I'm kind of curious to play another. I never thought this was your kind of game. No? No. Where's the skill well, in this? Well, now you Where's know. It? 
Wait, I thought you were a snob. I thought you were a game snob. This is not. This is this is a game for connoisseurs. It's it's like it's like it's so bad it's good. It's like wrapped all the way around, right? You have to be a really erudite snob to appreciate the underlying genius of a game that superficially appears to be so mindless. And then Outpost Infinity Siege is kind of superficially looks kind of similar, but but definitely much more complex. Like it looks like there's a lot of base building and like design as well as like holding off hordes of angry AIs. And there were just some stylistic things in the trailer that I just thought they they just felt like, wow, I love the style. Like actually there was one bit of the trailer that was really dumb, right? Because you are some like chiseled looking dude is like your viewpoint character, I guess. And there's a bit where there's like this blonde lady who's like, you know, looks like a model and she's putting on some like exosuit or something. And I was just like, really? Really? She's she's literally just in there to be like eye candy or something. And I was just like, seriously, guys, like you can do better than this. But leaving that aside, bits of the trailer that I thought looked so freaking cool. There's a bit where they're talking about like how the AIs rebelled and are trying to exterminate humanity. And there's a bit where there's like an AI robot, you know, standing on top of like a gunship and it's just like looking down and just like makes his hand gesture like you guys are ants to us you know and it was just like wow that ai has character that ai's got class you know like maybe it deserves to win <laughs> you know like i i i respect this ai that is that is a cool personification of a ruthless killing machine and then there's another bit where they just drop a battle mech from orbit. You know, you just see this enormous battle mech. It's like the size of it. It's like the size of a building. It's like it's enormous, and it just like slams down from orbit, and it just it just looks so epic. You know, like I felt I like I felt it. Like I was just like, wow, this is a moment. So that trailer. That trailer was just like, I love the style. I know nothing about this game. I just saw it at one in the morning last night and I added it to the list because it was just so, you know. You sold me though. I'm sold. Yeah, watch this trailer. It just it just has some moments in it that were just like it, it's like super cheesy, kind of like EDF, but it's also just like that is that is class. I love what they've done with this. Okay. Uh, back to you. Okay, so I'm not even. Sure. I think this may come up this year, uh, Dragon Age Dreadwolf, because I thought Origins was amazing, but I have a feeling they're going to retool this after seeing Baldur's Gate Three. Let's see. I mean, you know what I think of Origins. I don't know what you think of Origins. Oh, I've said so many One times. It's the, it's the quest structure that I objected to. In oh, it's just a quest structure. Yeah, the act structure. It's just too it's just too formulaic. So you, you we know nothing else about it. You just you're just gonna say you would like to play another Dragon Age. Origins. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, but especially given the background that we've just had Baldur's Gate three. Okay. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Fair. Fair point. 
finish Baldur's Gate 3 first. Just, <laughs> just saying. Yes. You'll be ready to play this in six years. So they, they've got a while. Okay. I'll do a couple again. Yep. Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. Academically interested. I heard, I heard this is like the best Paper Mario game. I heard this is from when the Paper Mario games were good. So, kind of interested. Though at the same time, how, how good can it really be? Am I really going to enjoy this? I don't know. This is, why, this is why it's on the academic interest list. And Princess Peach Showtime. It's a game where Peach is the protagonist. Seems like she has different costumes. I don't know. Again, just purely academic interest. I'm not particularly hyped by it. I'm kind of I'm kind of curious what they can do with it. But I, I feel like this is kind of like an experimental game. Like are Nintendo are Nintendo really trying to make a good game or they're just trying to make something to say they made a Princess Peach game? Uh not the latter. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see. I'm I'm very curious. If if it yeah. comes out and it's like a 95 or Metacritic. You know, I, I can't believe I'm quoting Metacritic now. But if, if it comes out like that and be like, wow, this is something new and exciting. This is what I always say I want, right? Then I'll try it. But if what it's just is... like, eh, it's kind of like an action game and Princess Peach is the protagonist, then then that's, that's something I don't need to play. You might be right. I mean, they made a, a Captain Toad game. So yeah, why not make a Princess Peach game? That's the thing. Like, what is the unique mechanic? Like, what? What makes why why make Peach the protagonist? What She's about Peach floating. being the protagonist uniquely gels with the gameplay to make this an interesting game? Like I, I actually think they probably should make a game with Peach as the protagonist, but what what should that be? You know? And so if they've really thought about it and this is a really good game that's like it's like a Gesamtkunstwerk, then <laughs> So I just love, I love this word now I've learned it. Then great. What what I don't want is like a lazy game where they just, you know, they were like, oh, we want to make a game with costumes. Oh, let's put Peach in it. You know, it's going to be like Balan, was it Balan Wonderland? What was it? Was that that, that game? Yep. Like, will it be like that? Then that would be not great. Back to you. I've put a remake down. Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater Delta. So this is a remake of Snake Eater. Yeah. I never played Snake Eater. Me neither. So yeah, this could be good. It's un- it'll be Unreal Engine. The Metal Gear Solid games are supposed to be masterpieces, right? Yes, they are. And I've only really played 5 slash V. Actually, I played the first Metal Gear Solid as well, way back in the day. So, yeah, I mean, I'm academically interested in this one too, I guess. But I have no particular nostalgia for these games. So I've, I've only played one, two, and five. Oh, you, you played more than me. <laughs> only slightly. Well, if you want to make it a book club game, although they're, they're long though, aren't they? Yeah, I expect yeah. it to be. Okay, and, and that's your list, right? Yeah, that is. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to... Let me try and rattle through my remaining. So, I've got a few RPGs. 
there's Zenless Zone Zero, which is a Hoyoverse game, like the Genshin people, right? Genshin Impact. Looks great. Like I just their style, their art style and their animations, I mean, looks so good. But I don't really want to play a free-to-play RPG because it's probably going to be, you know, a gacha nightmare. But it looks really good. So, yeah, academic interest. And then Persona 3, Reload. Although I don't, I don't need to play another Persona game. I didn't even finish Persona 5, right? And then Metaphor, Refan, Refantazio. A game from former Persona devs. Again, like, hmm, interesting. But I'm not a huge Persona fan. But if you are a huge Persona fan, maybe want to check out. And then two randoms to finish. There is Earthblade, which is a Metroidvania from the Celeste devs, which could be interesting. And then, like, the most left field... Thank goodness you're here. This is another one where I just saw the trailer and I was like, what? <laughs> this one this one also just has just oozes style. It's like a very different style. But very, very cool and weird trailer. Maybe a bit like Untitled Goose Game. I, that, that's the vibe I'm getting from it. Like British countryside village wackiness that's caught my attention let me check that out and hopefully it's a short one you know it might be nice to have some short games <laughs> rather than always picking 100 out rpgs So let's talk about hardware for 2024. I mean, this is mostly Switch 2, I would imagine. But yeah. then you left field thrown in some other some other hardware. Like, I'm like, what? Because Xbox does have aspirations to have... No, they have aspirations behind with their cloud streaming and PlayStation release, their PlayStation portal. portal? Oh, that that portal. looked so dumb. That looked so dumb. That's The PlayStation portal is basically the Wii U gamepad. Right. Yeah. Except it, except it works over the internet as well. Oh, I don't think it does. Doesn't okay. So so the PlayStation Portal is basically the Wii U gamepad. <laughs> that's even that's even worse. Yeah, because it doesn't have it like um. You can't put a SIM in there. So it has to be Wi-Fi, and then it, people do have complained that if the Wi-Fi is not good enough, it is it is a bad experience. So so wait, Nintendo did it first. Everyone thought it was a terrible idea and it sold extremely poorly. Then PlayStation, Sony have just done it again. 
And now Microsoft are going to do it again and again? Like basically, is Microsoft making a Switch? Or is Microsoft making a PlayStation Portal? I think something in between. I reckon it'll work with cloud streaming as well. And, then, and in that case, then it's internet. Oh, I say internet. It won't... Because the PlayStation Portal requires um, a PS5. Yeah, that's true. That's ev- yeah, that's, that, that was, that's what makes it the Wii U, basically. Yeah. Because like, the Switch has streaming games as well, right? Like You can buy like control on the switch but it's it's a streaming game oh yes yeah uh, i think it's a no-brainer okay if it was if it was an actual handheld console like the switch that would be quite intriguing but if it's streaming only then it's just like hmm like if it was a portable series s yes. you know that would be cool i think it'd be a challenge to get it further to juice a Series S into a, a, a handheld. It has been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. Because you could, you could definitely make a handheld Xbox One at this point, right? Because that's kind of what the Switch 2 is predicted to be. Yep. Yeah, and, and okay, and with that, we may as well move on to the Switch 2, which is predicted to be, what, around the power of an Xbox One X? Why, why can't we talk in terms of PlayStation? I'm not really sure okay, what you, what you mean, really if I'm know, honest. I don't even know either. PS4. <laughs> it's, it's basically like a PS4 with DLSS. Some RTX. RTX, um, ray tracing. Okay. That's not very powerful. It's still very powerful. I, I back in the day, I remember that was. You don't need it to be that powerful anymore. That's the thing. Like, we we we're so far past diminishing returns, right? Yeah, it's fair. I mean, that what I was what was sold to me was faster loading times, really, for this generation. And mm, some faster faster loading times is a, is definitely a big quality of life improvement. I mean, I don't I don't even experience this most of the time because, like, I'm basically just a pc gamer now i'm basically just a pc gamer and i have a good pc with very fast nvme drives but loading times oh i I remember like if you try and play you know i think i tried to play something on the ps4 the other day and it was like i was like wow i forgot how bad this was you know It, it can be minutes it can be minutes yeah Honestly, the main reason I think this section will be fun is like, what stupid BS name is Nintendo going to do? And what stupid BS gimmick are they going to do? Right? Because like, what do, what do we want from Nintendo? Nintendo occasionally gives people what they want, right? Like when they had, when they went from the Game Boy to the Game Boy Advance, they just made a better Game Boy. It was just like way more powerful. It was like, it was like, I mean, it wasn't literally, but it was effectively like a handheld Super Nintendo. That was really good. That was really good. And then most of the time, though, Nintendo has to add some stupid BS gimmick. They they can't just make a better console. But looking back, I liked the DS. I liked the 3DS. These were nice. They were nice. Did, did, the, did the 3D add anything? Would you have rather just had a more powerful DS? 
Well, they didn't have like to support that. 3D because you know like the that. 3D they had to render two they had to render two perspectives for each of your eyes so that severely gimped the performance right it could have been twice as powerful if it didn't have the 3D if it didn't have to support 3D it could have had double the rendering budget fine I mean I enjoyed the 3D I enjoyed the 3D for 30 seconds then I turned it <laughs> off and never turned it on again fine Although you had a new Nintendo 3DS, right? So yours had eye tracking. So yours is probably less annoying than yep. mine. I don't know. Are we going to get a stupid BS gimmick or is it just going to be a more powerful Switch? I think it's just going to be a more powerful Switch. Yeah, I think so too. I hope it will be. It, it's can't... not obvious to me what a stupid gimmick it could have. I, I, I'm, I'm expecting a largely backwards compatible, same form factor, more powerful Switch. So same dock. I think same dock. Yep. Same controllers. I think same controllers. Because there's use. no reason to there's no reason to change the dock because the dock is actually just a USB C. It's actually just a standard USB C protocol dock. Like you can if you've got a USB C dongle for like your MacBook, you can actually plug it into the switch and it will power the switch and output HDMI. Like it surprisingly it works. Oh, Actually, I'm saying this. I personally haven't done it, but I have a friend who who plugged it in and it worked, and I was I was surprised. And then I was like, "Oh, it's actually just using the standard US, you know, USB C video protocol." Okay. So a name I I've gone with Super Switch Two. Actually, that's a terrible name. You call it Super Switch. Why you call it Super Switch Two? Yeah, I think I think you'd have Switch Two or Super Switch. I mean, what, what, if we're following the stupid Nintendo history, which I know they won't do because they wouldn't do the same thing twice because that's so, oh, that's so classless. But, you know, you'd have the Switch U, the iSwitch, Switch I, Switch SP, Switch Advance. Switch Advance. I actually quite like Switch Advance. Yep. But then, yeah. you know, you, you've then got the danger of people will buy Switch two games and then be confused when they don't run on their switch yeah. if you don't give it if you call it literally the switch two people should know yep it has to be switch two really because this is the problem right like xbox has got stupid names but who buys an xbox right xbox is actually relatively niche the people who are buying xboxes are, i think are generally quite hardcore gamers so they can get away with having stupid, stupid names. PlayStation, very mass market. They've got a number on the end for the avoidance of doubt. Nintendo, extremely mass market. And people who are actually quite clueless, they would definitely buy some stupid thing and be confused. I mean, I, I'm saying this. Nintendo, all the Game Boy names were mental and they got away with it, right? So, but they had very different cartridge form factors. I guess it was more obvious. Yeah. That's true. Well, we have a different cartridge. No. No. <laughs> Just like, that. no. <laughs> okay. I, I, I like it if it was something really dumb called like, you know, something like the Swatch. The Switch Swatch. <laughs> the China brand. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't even know. The Swatch. And then some Chinese company would be like, uh, excuse me, we're already using that for our Switch clone. <laughs> I think we, um, let's go through a few more details. Okay. Release date. End of the year, right? That's the rumor. September. 
September. Uh, September the earliest, I think. It may even slip into early next year. Mm. Let's see. But around then. I think, something I didn't mention. Yes, we, we talked about 3D Mario as launch title. We didn't talk about Mario Kart 9. Mario Kart 9. There was not, there was not a new Mario Kart for the Switch. Well, they just had, they had so much DLC. Yeah. But it was Mario Kart 8, which was on the Wii U. Yeah, but no one bought the Wii U. I bought the Wii U. <laughs> Sorry. We talked about backwards compatibility. Do you think there'll be a performance boost? So could I play Breath of the What? No, Tears of the Kingdom with boosted performance. Or even Breath of the Wild. Uh, I think there will be performance patches for certain games because I think they actually effectively have to patch the game for it to run at all because the shaders, you know, but basically Switch games have the graphics driver baked into the code for each individual game. And so if you're if you're changing the graphics chip, you need a new driver and new shaders. So they will have to have a backwards compatibility patch for every game that is backwards compatible on a Switch 2 on the assumption that it's going to use a different chip, which would be a big surprise if it didn't. So if they're going to do that, they could for sure patch in a performance tweak as well. Okay. And do you believe there'll be DLSS and ray tracing? I don't know. I mean, it would If it's using a recent NVIDIA chip, it would be weird for it not to have DLSS. I think if there is ray tracing, it would be a gimmick because oh, yeah. it doesn't have the performance budget for it, right? Like, it's not worth it. You could turn on ray tracing, but it it's not doesn't seem worth it, if and, you ask me. Well, I did mention the display. Do you think it'll be a regular display or do you think it'll be OLED or do you think it'll be two models in the same way that Steam Deck is now two models? Yeah, maybe two models. Maybe two models or it'll just be LCD to begin with. And they'll, and they'll do an OLED refresh at some point for more money. Is this something you, you'll get um, release day? I will I will buy a Switch 2, yes. Oh, with a smile as well. Yeah, I, I see no point in buying an Xbox or a PlayStation, but I would buy a Nintendo, yeah, I would buy a Nintendo handheld console, yes. Because the thing is, like, the game's... The games are only on that and it's portable. So it's like a different thing in my mind. Do you ever play on your commute? No. Okay. Long story short, no. <laughs> do people do people play on their commute? I, mean, I, I see people with a Switch every now and then, but most people are just using their phones. Okay. I mean, the thing is, Singapore, like Hong Kong, there is data on the, you know, subway. So most people are just watching Netflix or YouTube or browsing the internet or something. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to
let's talk about our resolutions. Is this our resolutions? Is this podcast resolutions? Again, I, I want to make clear, this entire episode is like a ting episode. I was I was going to do oh, <laughs> Cookie oh, Clicker Book Club. <laughs> Don't be like that. <laughs> Don't be like that. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously fine doing this episode. But like, do I have any resolutions? I don't know. Uh, I, but I, I want you to drive. Tell me. What are we talking about? So I wouldn't talk about like the book. <laughs> did we do anything different for the book club? Should we do something different for the book club in terms of selection? I, I just worry that we say this every year. I worry that every year we have a look forward episode. We have a resolution section and we say the same thing every year and then do nothing about it. Right. Yeah. Because we had a section like that. So did you did you listen to last year's I look didn't, forward actually. episode? You no. didn't actually. Oh, Ting, you didn't even do your homework. I listened to it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I listened to it on my commute. And what did we say last year? We said last year, we're changing up the podcast. We're going to be freer with the format. We might do long episodes. We might do short episodes. We might do more shorter episodes. We might do like a 15-minute episode. We're going to change up the book club. We're not, we're not stressed about playing our backlogs. We're going to play whatever we feel like. We can play new games. That's what we said last year. Good. We played some new and games. Yes, we played some new games. I thought that worked well. We didn't change up the format at all. <laughs> we didn't do any of that. I mean, that's fine. We, said, we just said we might, and then we didn't. So... <laughs> But yeah, we said we said we were going to play whatever we liked and that we wouldn't announce the book club game in advance. And I think we and we did stick to that because it's easier. Uh, yeah. Do, do you want to change it again? Are you are you going to add more rules? Are you going to take even more rules away? I'm not <sighs> sure what this, rules this, they're to take away. This is how I run my life. I think this is we're just having a peek behind the scenes. I like to have rules so I don't have to have um, make decisions. I, I can make have easier an, an easier decision making process at the time. Okay, so what are your rules? You're going to add some. I don't know. I was going to talk about them. I mean, I used to have high concept ideas for what I wanted to do for the book club. Like, I actually had a list of games I wanted you to play because I thought, like, you should play this game. You need to play this game to be, you know, to properly appreciate video games. To be a know? critic. <laughs> to be a critic. Yeah, I I wanted you to play. Super Mario World. I wanted you to play the original XCOM. Like I had all of these games on my backlog. For like I want Ting to suffer through this game. Sorry, enjoy this game and appreciate it. But then it's like, uh, whatever, whatever. Let's just let's just play something new, and that's fine. You'd have to suffer them with me. I, I wouldn't be suffering. I enjoy these games. <laughs> that's what you think. Yeah, that's right. what I think until I go back and I'm like, yeah. Super Mario Sunshine is terrible. <laughs> I just wonder what your threshold for suffering is these days. Yeah. I think, I think, I, I, well, I went through a period where I thought there, there's an error in trying to just chase critically acclaimed games. I need to play more dumb games. Like Power World. I can't believe you're calling Power World dumb <laughs> when you bought Modern Warfare 3. I know. When you, say you need, when you say you need to play more dumb games and not chase critically acclaimed games, but your most played game last year is Modern Warfare 3. <laughs> and, it, and it came out in like October or something, right? Maybe like, I should just accept actually, that. Actually, it's just Modern Warfare in general. Maybe I should just accept that I'm just going to play Modern Warfare until, until time ends, until my time ends. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did Warzone as the book club at one year. We can, we can do it again. We can do Warzone 2 if you want. I'll have to play it. I, haven't, I actually haven't played it. See, I haven't, I haven't, I basically didn't play any more Warzone 
after like we recorded the 2023 look forward app that because i was just too busy and i had no overlap with the people who were playing it you want to talk about how successful well i do think it was funny that boulders gate three i mean look we're a very small podcast but boulders gate three is rapidly approaching being our most popular episode of all time i think I think the second most popular is actually Disco Elysium, which is funny. Maybe maybe people just love these games. Maybe not enough podcasts talk about these games. I don't. But I would have thought everyone was talking about Baldur's Gate three. I'm kind of surprised. And then we are hilariously at, at at the time of recording the number one video games podcast in New Zealand on the Apple Podcast charts. So it was like, wait, what? <laughs> Who's listening to this in New Zealand? Hello, if you are. No, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to chase games that are popular? We should play some tortuous CRPGs. Not tortuous. Fun. I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. We should play Power World. Yeah. Or Lethal Company. Yes, Lethal Company. I can't imagine the two of us playing Lethal Company. Can you imagine that? Oh, the abuse. Not, and that's not from the game. <laughs> also, it turns out our Twitter slash x dms were blocked because like twitter must have changed the setting at some point and the default became people who you aren't following can't message you or something so we've unblocked it if you want to dm us and send us book club requests or just general chat but not abuse because then we'll block you (laughs) (laughs) do you go on to the last thing yeah go on what are your thoughts on remote play so there's the vision pro there's a quest 3 there's the ps portal on steam deck i i just don't actually care i've realized what why when would you remote play this is probably more an issue for you yeah i feel like i would remote play on the couch i think this is what people do now yeah because you you have like you have a house right you live in like a big house and you have a family and i guess you spend family time but you can be sat on the couch and still playing a game Oh, I don't think that's officially family time. Let's let's be clear here. I'm a good parent. That's not no, family time. Not family time, but like family presence time, like family yeah. face time. Yeah. You're, so there, you know, there are moments your, where... They can see your face gurning as, as you get shot in Modern Warfare. I don't know. <laughs> you, yeah, I'm just shouting expletives. Um, yeah. Whereas I live alone in a flat and I have a nice gaming pc on a desk in an office that i also use for work so i'm like in that room like all the time <laughs> well the good thing is you have to, you can't work from home oh yeah i can't uh, let's not talk about that so well no i mean i i have to go to the office every day but i still work from home every day that's terrible you've got the best of both <laughs> the worst of both the worlds. worst of both worlds i have the worst of both worlds such as life and, you know, I, I I was logged into work just before we recorded this episode as well on a Saturday. But anyway, yeah, I, I'm, I don't care about remote play. You think, you think this is a year of remote play? This could be the year of remote play, but not of... Why? Why? Be, what, make, what makes it the year of remote play? Who, who'd have thought it? Having dedicated hardware to do it makes it easier. So if I do get a PlayStation portal, you'll know why. Oh, I see. I see. I mean, I do think that for a lot of people, 
streaming games probably does make sense. You know, there are lots of people who are like maybe interested in Baldur's Gate 3 and they don't want to buy a gaming PC. And they don't want to play on a console. I don't know. I mean, there's like another addendum there. Like, you know, but actually there's plenty of people who are in that boat. Like they've heard about Baldur's Gate 3. They have a Switch and they've got a laptop. So they're into games, but they don't own a PS5, an Xbox series, whatever, or a gaming PC. So streaming services are a good option. So so when you're procrastinating sleep, do you uh, watch YouTube or do you play on the iPad? YouTube. YouTube all the way, baby. I'm just like doom scrolling <laughs> YouTube. And YouTube shorts have made it even worse. We we should um we should be a YouTube podcast at this point. I mean, we're not doing playing games that much. I I probably watch more YouTube than I do play games. Yeah, it's probably like at least a comparable number of hours. Yeah, because the, there's so much YouTube just in the background. I guess YouTube in the background. What is what is this? Yeah, like you know YouTube when I'm like brushing my teeth. YouTube, YouTube when I'm like doing the crossword or something because I'm playing Puzmo. I always put YouTube on while I'm doing the crossword. What are you I don't doing? know. What, are you, what YouTube? Well, I don't think YouTube has ele- elevated itself into like background TV yet for me. If I'm watching YouTube, I'm watching YouTube. YouTube suggestions, I feel like, have got worse recently, actually. I, I think a lot of YouTube suggestions have just been like kind of dumb. I don't know what they've done. They've tried to. Um, I noticed I'm getting certain suggestions which are sub. 1,000 views, sub 100 views sometimes. Yeah. They're, they're trying to push new creators. Yeah. I, I think there's much more segmentation. Like I noticed there's at the top of the interface, lots of subcategories now. And then it's like all your main feed is like a blend of all of them, but you can obviously drill into the subcategories. So I think maybe they want you to do some like choosing of like, oh, I feel like watching this today. Or at the moment, I don't know. It's also probably because I went and looked at a load of fitness stuff because I was like running and I was like, wait, how do I do a crunch again? I've forgotten, you know, like okay. things like that. Or like, oh, I want to do a plunge push up. Like, what's the, what's the, <laughs> you know, the road to doing a plunge push up? Yeah. And fitness YouTube is just so dumb. Like, some of it's just like aggressively stupid, I feel like. Okay. like it's you know it's just like designed for people who were just like oh more protein good how to raise your testosterone i'm just like i don't i don't need to raise my testosterone i actually i actually did a health check and they told me my testosterone was like slightly elevated and they were they were wondering why and they told me to come back again in case it's a tumor and i was like uh okay thanks oh dear i should do a health check yeah yeah because i was like are you are you doing anything to increase your testosterone i was like no and they're like this number is higher than is normal and i was like oh and they're like maybe you're just really masculine <laughs> <laughs> they were like they were like yeah maybe it's a normal number for you come back in a few months and we'll test it again i was like mm, okay sorry there you go that's that's tmi tmi on that note <laughs> on that note what was our resolution did we resolve to do anything our resolution was to was to change nothing change that well we can chase we can chase the numbers i mean that's an option but are we resolving to our our resolution is to tell you nothing we'll we'll do something and we'll see how it went in the wrap up to to tell you nothing except my health numbers i don't have any concrete actions no okay 
Well, that was very unsatisfying for everyone involved. <laughs> I, I hope you enjoyed the last 10 minutes of this podcast. Maybe it's just come to the conclusion that there's no satisfaction in just chasing. Well, the thing is, you you defeated my point because you said, oh, you play a lot of Modern Warfare things, so you're not really chasing critically acclaimed games anyway. It's fair, which is fair. Maybe I shouldn't be playing so much Modern Warfare. Play what you like. There you go. You can, you can pick it as the book club game and I'll have to buy it. Just let me know. I'll probably enjoy it. Oh, you probably won't. <laughs> okay. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on your podcasting platform. Please, please, please. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club And Twitter slash X at Lost Levels Club Anywhere else? Reddit r slash Lost Levels Club So Michael, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful that I have survived a year in Singapore. I can't believe I've been living here a year now. Outrageous. This also means I survived a year at my job. <laughs> So Michael says bye. Bye bye.